Hi, everyone. On this edition of Scouting for Growth, I will be joined by Dennis Kelly, CEO of Postalidex, a fast-growing software company that automates direct mail marketing, measures the results from those direct mailing activities, and connects such campaigns to CRM and marketing automation systems to accelerate the way online marketing connects with offline marketing. With expertise building VC-backed businesses as well as self-financed businesses, Dennis is a six-times entrepreneur with the business he built. He exited four of these businesses to large corporations. Postalidex has grown fast with no VC investment, actually, and Dennis will tell you all about this. And today... Postalytics is scaling in the US and in Canada with aspiration to come to Europe. During our discussion, we intend to cover a few things. Dennis's lessons building VC-backed and self-financed businesses. I wanted to find out about what PLJ meant, product-led growth, and why every businesses need to learn about it. And then let's dive into Postalidex, the proposition, the roadmap to success, and the revenue model. If you like the podcast, do not forget to subscribe, rate it, and provide a comment here below. If there is a topic that you feel needs addressing, just ping me using the information detailed below as well. So let's welcome Dennis. So, Denise, welcome to Scouting for Growth. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here today. Well, thank you for accepting the invitation. And uh, it's an honor to have you on our podcast, Denise, because I remember reading that you're a six times entrepreneur with exits into big companies. And so it would be great if you could give us a little bit of background around who is Denise Kelly and what got you to build Postalytics, please. Absolutely. Well, uh, as you said, I've been involved in uh, starting uh, various technology-related ventures uh, for the last 30 years. And, you know, I think that my childhood uh, had somewhat uh, to do with uh, the fact that I'm attracted to the entrepreneurial lifestyle. Uh, I grew up uh, on a farm. And uh, my family and I had to work very, very hard, and and we were very entrepreneurial, always in trying to find ways to, um, you know, make a little bit of extra money uh, from all of the hard work that we had around the farm. And uh, so I was encouraged at a, at a young age to uh, reach out to neighbors and uh, people in the community to. Uh, offer my services to help them with whatever it is they were doing. And and so uh, I think at a very young age, I I uh, learned some of the lessons uh, that are still applied today uh, of of not being afraid to knock on somebody's door and and, you know, uh, tell them what you're doing and how you can help them and try to explain things in a clear way that people understand and uh, that that sometimes that leads to success. 
And, and so I feel very fortunate in that regard. I began my career working at a very large corporation uh, in, in Manhattan and uh, had a couple of great years of training and learning, uh, but I really felt like I, I would rather spend my career being in more control of my destiny. And, and so at a young age, I set out to uh, uh, join a, uh, a startup uh, in, in the Boston area here. Uh, and and uh, that's really how I got started as, as an entrepreneur. And um, uh, we've learned a tremendous amount over the years and have had some uh, successes and, and I've had one failure uh, along the way. And, and so each time that you participate in a, in a startup, uh, there's always tremendous learning and, and things that you can take away from that. And so I feel very fortunate that I've had these experiences and I'm, I'm thrilled to be able to speak with, about them with you. So let's go into Postalytics. Tell us what does Postalytics do and how it helps its customer be more successful in the direct mail space. So Postalytics is a direct mail automation software tool. And uh, essentially the, the product is designed to solve three big problems with uh, the direct mail marketing uh, uh, workflow. So direct mail is in uh, is, is a legacy marketing channel. It's been around for many, many years and uh, but it, it's still very, uh, useful and successful, uh, but there has not been a lot of technology that has been applied to the direct mail marketing channel. As everybody knows, email has uh, blown up and social media and digital marketing. And, and so all of the investment and all of the uh, energy from a technology standpoint have been applied to these newer marketing channels. And so what we've done with Postalytics is we've taken some of the best practices from digital marketing and we've applied them to a, a, a software tool that enables marketers to rapidly deploy direct mail campaigns in minutes rather than weeks. And so we, we cut the production time and, this, and the, all of the complexity and uh, vendors that need to be coordinated down to make it very, very simple. So that's number one. Number two, we connect direct mail, which is a physical channel, something that prints a piece of paper and is sent through the postal service. It is connected into the marketing tech stack. So your CRM, your marketing automation tool, your CDP, all of these tools can drive and then have knowledge of what happens in a direct mail campaign through Postalytics similar to the way that all of the other marketing channels, the digital channels are all driven from these uh, central locations. So that's number two is the integration. Third are analytics. One of the challenges with any uh, offline marketing channel is how do we measure what is successful? How do we measure who is responding or who is not responding? And so we've created some proprietary methods of measuring both the delivery of the mail, as well as who's responding and where are they going on your website. And, and so by combining these three things, speed, integration, and analytics, 
uh, we've created a, a software tool that many marketers are finding is very valuable as they begin to deploy direct mail to complement their digital and email marketing. So I'm going to be a little bit controversial because you know what? I've not done direct mail marketing forever. I used to do those and I used to um, send a gift. You know, there would be a letter, but there would always be a gift. And the gift would always be linked to the campaign in play. And I remember doing a campaign around unlocking, unlocking, um, you know, unlocking power of technology and it was like in little red box and inside there was at the time you know an apple ipod the tiny ones and then they would be sent to an executives and they would have to put their earbuds on and listen to the story i had on that little ipod for them which would be inviting them maybe to dinner you know there would there was a lot of innovation but I've not done that for, for a long time, Dennis. So can you tell us what has been the challenge around dark mail marketing and where is the opportunity today? Absolutely. So I think that there are um, uh, several challenges that, that we've uh, attempted to address in Postalytics in, in a very effective way. So we've taken a lot of the what we'll call friction the, the complexity out of the equation and made it feel and, and look more like a digital channel. Uh, but I think one of the, the big things that has changed in the last several years is the use of QR codes. And so what we've done is we've created a method of assigning a unique QR code to each recipient of a piece of mail. And so the, the, the primary opportunity is really to drive, use that physical piece of, of paper, of, of an offer of something that grabs you while you're holding it and drive them to your website, drive them online through the QR code. And, and so what's really changed in the last few years is the acceptance of QR code and the, and the mass usage of QR codes uh, for many, many things. Uh, you know, it, five years ago, not as many people were comfortable. They didn't know how to use QR codes and it wasn't part of their daily routine. Now, if you go to a restaurant, you don't get a paper menu anymore. You use a QR code. And so everybody is now comfortable. And so when they see something, they say, scan this QR code to receive your offer. It's very easy. And, and so now that's very, very easy for us because we've created a patented way of leveraging personalized QR codes indirect mail campaigns. And so that's been a, a big key to the success uh, of Postalytics and, and, and for really marketers to be able to integrate a physical channel with their digital properties using that the QR code as a bridge between the two. Yeah. So we have communication speed, we have integration and we have analysis. Now, how do you protect your clients as well, when you look at this digitized version of direct mailing, what I mean by protecting is we've seen and we've heard uh, in recent months that, you know, QR code are not always as safe as they used to be because it uses a channel by, you know, cyber security attacker to swap the code and replace them with one which would lead to their website. How do you protect the buyer, the user, the recipient 
from this type of risk, Dennis? That is a great question. And and I think uh, going back to that uh, underlying patent that we've uh, been issued around the QR codes, when a QR code is generated through Postalytics, every single piece of mail has a unique QR code that is assigned only to you. And so when uh, if, if you receive a, a, a flyer in the mail and, and it had a QR code, that would be and that specific piece of mail different than mine, number one. Number two, they are using secure uh, 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 encryption when the QR code is scanned. And so it is um, impossible for the QR codes to be manipulated by a third party. And uh, because each one of them are unique, and all of the communication is fully encrypted. Super. So I know that you've built Postalitech without any investor funding. And that is something I think which is getting rarer and rarer to build a business. And so I would love, Denise, if you could share with our listener what got you into the journey to build businesses and scaling businesses and building this unique business without any financing? Well, I think that there's been a fundamental shift, particularly in the software world, around the necessary investment uh, in order to create a substantial business. Uh, and, and what I'm really trying to get at is the, the cost of creating uh, a very highly scalable, high-performance platform in the cloud has plummeted. It, it is so much less expensive. And, and so uh, what, what I've tried to do here at Postalytics uh, is to uh, partner with a highly technical person who can who could build the software, the initial versions of the software, uh, with without having to hire big teams and and have uh, a significant uh, amount of presence. So very senior uh, software architect who is uh, capable of building software from all the way from the user interface down into the database. And so he's my business partner. He's the chief technology officer. and And so by having some very senior people, who have built businesses and built technology uh, as, as the starting point, you're able to do so much more without spending a huge amount of money. And, and, and so we were able to build Postalytics from a cost structure, uh, from both a technology standpoint in Amazon Web Services and the cloud very inexpensively. And then from a customer acquisition standpoint, using uh, SEO marketing and and building a uh, a platform that it in, is enables us to capture customers with a low cost, not have to hire salespeople that are very very expensive and have long sales cycles. The the, the business model is one that allows us to uh, capture customers without a tremendous outlay of capital. And because of these two things, we did not need 
to go raise huge amounts of money to get this uh, business off the ground. And once we got the business going, it became self-sustaining and we were able to, uh, you know, make uh, 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 grow at a, at a very strong clip and 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 do so uh, right around the break-even uh, uh, level. So you know we're we're not uh, going into um, huge debt, uh, nor are are we trying to pull all the money out and put it in our pocket. It's going into growing the business. Yeah, no, that's uh, the best way to scale and build a business. Can you remind us? How old is Postalytics? And can you also tell us where are you located today and maybe any plans for the future? Yes. yes. So Postalytics is now in our sixth year of operation. I can't believe it. It's it's uh, the time has flown by. It's really amazing. Uh, and, and we are uh, uh, based in the United States uh, currently. Uh, we have employees spread out all, all over remotely and and we have uh, contractors all over the world uh, that, that contribute to Postalytics. Uh, and uh, we are in operations in the United States and Canada. Uh, we've recently moved into Canada, our first um, move outside of the United States. And that's starting to ramp up and go very well. Uh, and we hope to um, launch in the EU in uh, either later 2023 or early 2024. And so who is your customer? You know. Is it somebody like me who buys the offer and how do you help them, you know, achieve results? It would be great to talk about the customer and the results they can achieve as well. Yes. So typically our customer is a business that is uh, between 20 and 1,000 employees uh, that has invested in their own technology for CRM and marketing automation. And so they'll typically have a Salesforce backend or a HubSpot backend or, you know, one of the major um, uh, marketing tech stacks that they've invested in. And they're doing email marketing, they're doing digital marketing, and they're beginning to run into some challenges. Their, their, their open rates for the emails are going down. The cost of their digital campaigns is going up. And they need to find a new way to augment their efforts. And so that's where Postalytics comes in. We take this new channel that is physical and offline. It plugs into the stack that they've already spent money on and they've built the automation around. And, and then Postalytics will add that physical touch to your digital campaigns. And so we've seen with several customers increases in existing campaign ROI up to 150% by adding this physical touch to all of your existing marketing. And so that is our customer. It is a savvy uh, technology-focused marketing team of a small to mid-sized business that is uh, looking for ways to augment the investment they've already made into their marketing tech. And the interesting thing is I was doing a little bit of research before our chat, actually, Dennis, and I collected uh, a few numbers, which I thought was interesting when you started talking about CRM and, you know, the landscape 
which exists internally within each of these organizations. So when you look at the marketing tech market, it's uh, included around 7,500 ventures. And over the past 10 years, they have actually raised 87 billion USD dollars in funding. Now, last year, which is 2022, um, this number went down compared to 2021. So last year, those companies have raised around 9 billion USD dollars when they actually raised around $14 billion a year before. So, you know, a little bit of a, a, a cliff, but at the end of the day, when I look at the numbers from CB Insight recently, the whole market has gone down by 35%. And, you know, me being an, an expert in fintech, I would say the number for fintech is around 35% and insurance technology, 58%. Now, the most valued business models include content marketing, content creation, e-commerce, and conversion rate optimization platform. So I took those four because I thought it was interesting because you fall into the direct mail automation. So helping with that uh, conversion and optimization angle. And within your space, there are actually only 26 companies and you guys have raised a billion and you you build a business with no funding. So I thought it was very interesting. So I would like to go now into more around, you know, why, you know, the market is changing and accepting the direct mail goes into now a digital presence. And I would love for you, you to talk to, to us about the alignment and misalignment with, you know, what we used to be uh, able to see when we built a business model. You know, we had product-led business model. We had technology-led business model. We had market or marketing-led business model. It would be great to hear your perspective around where is the world of marketing going? Yes, I, I um, uh, love talking about business models and you know, part of the reason why uh, we were able to build Postalytics without raising a lot of capital, going back to the discussion earlier, is that we chose to take a product-led growth model. And and so going back to the discussion about cost, we were able to build the initial version of the software deployed in the cloud without a tremendous amount of cost, and then use the product-led model to have a low cost of customer acquisition. And, and so, you know, I think that the choice of which uh, uh, business model you, per you pursue has to do with uh, the market that you're chasing, right? So, so if, if I were trying to um, uh, sell to the largest corporations in the world, I would need to go raise money, right? Because it, it takes a much larger investment, long sales cycles, very expensive salespeople. Uh, and, and, but I'm, I'm choosing to sell to that mid-tier, right? That this, the smaller businesses who have already invested in technology, right? So, so they are searching for solutions and online and, and they, they find, oh, well, direct mail can now be automated. Wow, this is new. Uh, maybe I, I'll check that out. And and so, you know, we use our content marketing to drive people to the website. We have a free version of the software. So the whole notion around product-led growth is drive people into the software 
and get them engaging, let them try it. And, and so what we're able to do then is, is analyze the people that are signing up for the free software, look at how they're using the software, and then our sales team can assist in helping them evaluate the software and and assist in helping them get their first campaigns off the ground and do some tests and proof of, proof of concepts. And, and that is really the essence of the product-led growth model that we've adapted and, 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 and for, for this particular business. Uh, and so, you know, I think there's a tremendous amount of opportunity there, particularly if you're hoping to bootstrap a business like what we've done. And that doesn't mean that you can't be very successful following other business models where, you know, it's a technology centric approach, say, you know, chapped GPT, right? The I was going to ask you, <laughs> right? I mean, it's crazy. It's amazing. Uh, and, and so there are many, many ways to be successful, but it, I think it, it, you need to think of your customer and the way that they like to buy things and what, what, how do they want to purchase? And then you build a model around that. Actually, you know, yesterday night, I had um, a little bit of a live with a close friend of mine on LinkedIn, and we actually decided to look at ChatGPT. And it would be great to get your view on the capability because, you know, when you start looking at the value chain of marketing, sales and marketing, you have content creation, as I mentioned, and you have technology enabling you to content create. And so I assume JetGPT, OpenAI will fall into that. Um, you have solution helping you, as you mentioned, to automate, analyze, uh, analyze and engage. And uh, you already combine, I guess, the automation and the analysis and the engagement into one platform. Now I have an ethical issue uh, with ChatGPT because as a writer myself, as um, you know, as an educator, so I, I teach business school as well, um, an MBA course for an executive MBA. If I were not doing my research and I just used ChatGPT to create my content, would I not be a little bit cheating? And that is what crossed my mind. Can you tell us where maybe the best use of ChatGPT could be within the marketing environment, Dennis? Yes, uh, you know, I think from our perspective, um, one of the worst things in marketing is to look the same as everybody else. And so, if you were to solely rely on an algorithm to generate your content, how do you know that you are unique? How do you know that your audience will perceive you as having something of value to say if everybody can do the exact same thing? And so one of our core concepts, one of the reasons why we believe marketers need to be trying direct mail now in a new and smart way is to stand out because most marketing teams are following the exact same playbook. You know, they're all doing the content marketing. They're all doing digital marketing that, you know, everybody is following the experts and, and telling you what to do. And, and so it's, it's become very copycat out there. 
And when you when you Google something, you you type in a search phrase, you look through 15 articles that all say nothing. Right? It's the brands that can generate content that is unique and is uh insightful and different. Those are the brands that stand out. Those are the brands that will win. And and so you know, with these amazing tools that, that we have access to, if if brands think that they can just rely on them, they're wrong. The brands must use these tools to augment their human resources. Yeah. To assist. And, and you know, it's, I kind of look at it like, um, like spell check, you know, if you're you're typing along and something tells you, yeah, yeah, no, 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 you don't want to do that. It, fix it, right? That's really the way that this will will uh, work in a new and incredible way, of course. Uh, but but it it will need to be led by a unique insight that will be created to separate a brand from all of the other competitors out there. Yeah, That's you know, I was. Um... So I played with it, right? And um, I think the content that came out of it was was good. Now, when I look at my my ethical and my level of integrity, I said, okay, useful. Maybe I can use this to... So this week, for example, I was asked to write 10 trend article. And I, I still am saying to people, I'm really sorry, but I am not a trend machine. And... And so I, I played with the platform. And so I asked questions, insurance questions. And some of the content which came out was actually interesting, but I started getting really uncomfortable, you know, like the this discomfort in your tummy. When I then did my search on Google, right? And I said, okay, let me ask for the same question on Google. And then there was a gap on um, timing, you know, uh, you know, market sizing, and so I realized there is maybe for factual things and definition, you know, like this, you know, if you think about AI, you know, you need to do automation, analytics, engagement as an example, fine. And it just create the structure for you. No problems. It helps you to not start with a blank piece of paper. But then when I started looking at factual things, right, when you actually have to do some research and identify the case study and looking at the market side, I didn't think that was there. And so your point around productivity improvement and um, being able to do more with less time, I think is powerful. And I think we need to remember that as well. Yes, yes. I think uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, I think you're thinking about this the correct way. And, and you know, you can do more at, with a tremendous new tool, but it will not replace the original originality and the you know the the spark that of of ingenuity that creates great marketing in my opinion so when you look at your business model dennis and you know everybody is talking about monetization today how do you help your customer how do you see monetization uh, within your own business model? And how do you see your proposition evolving in the future? Yes. Uh, it, so what we have tried to do with Postalytics is align our monetization with the usage of the software. 
And, and so the more the software is being used, the more money is spent by the customer. And so uh, the, the idea is essentially to uh, align our interests around success. So if the customer is seeing success, they use the software more and we make more money. If they're not being successful, then we're in, in this together. You know, it, 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 it's, it was a, something that didn't work, then, then we're not going to trap them into some, you know, relationship that is very expensive and they leave very dissatisfied. So it is, it's our objective to help our customers be successful. So they use the software longer, they use the software more, and they spend more money and they feel good about that. And that's, that's really one of the fundamental concepts around uh, the, the product-like growth and then usage-based revenue that we are trying to implement here. Yes. And, and so uh, it's very exciting and fun to uh, you know, feel like we are our success is 100% tied to our customer's success. That's superb. I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a story which happened this morning. Uh, one of my service provider marketing platform, automation platform, sent me a lovely email saying, Sabine, would you like to pay your 12 month in advance just to lock the price? And I was reading, I said, okay, are you going to give me two free months if I'm paying you in advance? No, there was no free months. They're just locking the price. Now I started using this platform two years ago and for one year they overcharged me and it took me a year to get my money back. So I have a guess. It's unlikely that I'm going to pay them 12 months in advance. <laughs> However, I thought it's funny because it's you were talking about value. And the value for marketing is actually immediate, right? You see whether the platform is delivering value to you or not. And then you make the appropriate decisions accordingly. That's right. That's right. And, and, and so our challenge as a business is to help our customers be successful. What can we do? How can we provide service? How can we provide content and knowledge and education so that our customers, when they use the software, are using it in a way that will more likely lead to success? Yeah. So that's our, our real challenge is we are trying to often teach people how to use, how to be better marketers and, and therefore get success because we know that you know, direct mail channel works if, if done well, but if it's not done well, it's like any other marketing, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it's, if, if we tell customers all the time, if you send one email out to a bunch of uh, customers and never follow up with another touch, how successful will you be? Yeah. Then, and like of course, we'll, we'll, we'll not do anything. Yeah. And we say, well, the direct mail is no different. It has to be part of an integrated campaign that is thoughtful. It has a strong call to action and, and a strong offer and, uh, and and great creative. And it has to be a part of something that is touching the customer multiple times. And, and so when you do that, you will be very successful. And part of what we have to do is help people understand mm -hmm. how to implement successful marketing campaigns. Absolutely. So... My last question to you, Dennis, is actually about some tips and techniques you could actually leave for our audience today. 
So if there were a few recommendations, what would those be? Well, I, I think uh, going back to that very last uh, comment we just discussed, we have created some ways in Postalytics to make it very easy to set up what we call multi-touch campaigns. So you can, you can set up creative and you can set up schedules within the software very quickly so that you will touch your audience four, five, six times over the period of a couple of months in an automated way. And, and going back to what we were discussing, the most successful campaigns are those that anticipate multiple touches across multiple channels. And, and so from our perspective, if we can leave one tip for the cut for customers, if you're going to try direct mail as a channel, it's either, you know, I did it 20 years ago, but I've, I haven't done it since, or I've never done it, but I, I want to try to add direct mail. The success or failure will depend upon all of the same things that apply to all of your other channels. You have to touch these customers. So use the technology, use the, the automation that has been created to set up multiple touches with great creative and you'll have great success. Thank you so much for this great advice. So Denise, where could our listener find you? Where are you? Absolutely. We are uh, at, uh, our website is postalytics.com. That's P-O-S-T-A-L-Y-T-I-C-S.com. So it's postal and analytics put together. And uh, so uh, check us out there, log in to create a free account, play with the software for free, like learn how to use this. Uh, secondly, LinkedIn, we're very active on LinkedIn. And so uh, look us up, Postalytics on LinkedIn. I'm active on LinkedIn personally, Dennis Kelly, Dennis John Kelly at LinkedIn. And uh, uh, so uh, please reach out. We love to talk to customers. We love to talk to prospects. Uh, and and uh, we're so excited to talk to you today and to, to your audience. Thank you for coming. And, you know, what I will make sure is that the details from Postalytics, from you, Dennis, and uh, access to your website is also uh, made available via the, the, the podcast channels and uh, the YouTube channel when we actually publish your uh, our discussion. And uh, I would say to people, you know, it's lovely to meet Dennis. It's great to have actually different conversation around how technology can enable us to grow as businesses, but also listening to your growth story. Not everybody needs to raise funding from investors and you have been doing that for a while, right? And so if people want to reach out just to get some techniques, ideas, and talk to you about your successes, they also should use the details which appear at the bottom of the podcast. Um, I would say, if you like what you've heard, subscribe, rate, and comment. And please let me know who else you want to talk to because great stories like Dennis's are always welcome on the podcast. So thank you, Dennis, for being here with me today. And thank showing you, us how this business can be built. Absolutely. Uh, thrilled to be here. And uh, I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to speak to you and your audience. Thank you.
If you like this podcast, subscribe now, share with your friends, and if you enjoyed it, please give it a five-star review. Also, if you want to cover any specific subject with me, contact me on Instagram under Sabine VDL Officials or LinkedIn under Sabine van der Linden. Thank you.